All right, guys, what's up? I am here from the new podcast center. I am building this out specifically for a better podcast experience. Uh, I'm going to be building a couple new like guest spots. I'm going to be putting some acoustic things inside of the room, and I'm super excited for my new office. As I look back onto my backyard, I get the sunrise in the morning as I drink my coffee. Deer are plentiful in my backyard and kind of reconnect me with nature a little bit. I have lots of trees and green grass, very different from what I was doing, which was in kind of a cold, dark basement and no sunlight at all. And so uh, a little bit more of a positive place for me to be working from. And I'm super excited for the possibility. The, uh, the room right now is all wood and being painted. So it might sound a little echoey for now, but I promise that that will get better. So today I'm going to dive into a little bit of chapter two and some of the the things that I've been kind of thinking about as it pertains to chapter two in uh, the 12 rules of life. And uh, they go a little bit into chaos and order. And it kind of led me down a path to thinking a little bit about, you know, kind of that like yin and yang, that black and white, um, you know, chaos and order, male, female, and kind of thinking about just these opposing forces that are around us all the time. And one of the things that I think about when I think of chaos and order is our natural inclination is to avoid chaos at all costs. And, you know, if you think about the things in your life that are scary or that make you uncomfortable, a lot of the times that's going to be because it's something that you've never experienced before. And chaos really is exactly that. It's a a feeling of you and the people around you having a lack of education for what to do, right? So, you know, the book uses the, you know, the Twin Towers or uh, 9-11 as kind of something where there is an air around America of uncertainty because we'd never seen in our lifetimes a terrorist attack that was, you know, so upfront or so, you know, visualized and direct. And there was a lot of uncertainty about what the future was going to, you know, hold for our country and and everything that followed. And so when you don't have that experience level, when your leaders don't have that experience, then everybody starts to feel a little bit shaky. And so this is something, you know, as a leader that I think about all the time is I have to be the one who is, you know, prepared for that, who is as stoic as can be when things that seem chaotic happen. I need to be the person that is calm, prepared and can handle those situations. And so what I think about with that is every time that we do experience chaos, whether it's invited or uninvited, we become more powerful through that experience, right? And a great example for me is when I first got into the army, that was this huge chaotic unknown. And every step of the way, you have new places, you have new people, you have a lot of uncertainty, you have a lot of fear. And you're not entirely sure at certain points what's going to happen to you or your career or your family and so on. And so as I started to get placed in different things, I started to experience this anxiety and these nerves. And all that was was the fear of the unknown, right? The chaos. And what I found was that as I started to have more successes when facing that chaos, the more strong and confident and powerful 
I felt and I became. And it sort of became a process, right? I looked forward to new challenges, to new chaos invitations so that I could conquer them, so that I could come out the other side a little bit more experienced and a little bit more prepared for future chaos. And as I've gone through different professions and relationships and all these different things, you have to kind of think about this as opportunities, right? Chaos is an opportunity. So if we're capable of meeting that opportunity with success, then all we're going to do is be less fearful of change and less fearful of potential chaos in our lives. And you see this a lot. And one of the things that's so impressive about the special forces community to people, the reason that movies and books and all these things sell so well is that they have seen and experienced chaos to a degree that most people will never be able to, right? They've been in new places. They've been in the, the darkness of night and had to, you know, trek through things and accomplish tasks and go into places that, you know, people would do everything in their power to never even go near those places. And they go in there head first. And experiencing those challenges over and over and over again gives them this calm certainty that allows them to exude this confidence and this power outwardly onto people. And it's easily recognizable by people. It's comforting. It allows you to know that in the face of a, a travesty or you know, a major experience that could be negative, you can look to them as a leader. You can look to them as a person to help protect you and to help guide you and to help show you the way when you have absolutely no clue what to do. And I think about this a lot, you know, for me currently as a professional, I think about this a lot as people start to come into our facility. If you think about coming into friendship at first for a lot of people, man, that's a big change. We're trying to make big, scary habit changes from people who have been sitting on the couch and maybe are, you know, 80 to 100 pounds overweight. They're maybe on prescription drugs. They've never worked on nutrition and they are going to do a 180. Now, I'm becoming so much better about being empathetic to how scary that truly is and how much of a leap that is for people. And I'm constantly trying to build myself and our team to be prepared for the, how scary that is for somebody. And we can be that person who helps guide them, who helps show them with a calm confidence that this will work. It will be okay. There's no need to be scared. And you're going to be successful if you just follow this path, listen to the experience of others, and take action. And so I've started now to try to think about that people aren't really losers or winners. They're not successful or unsuccessful. They're just a series of habits and a series of decisions. And the more bad habits and the more bad decisions that you've made the more you're going to come across as terrified of change, right? Terrified of failure and terrified of anything that's going to come along and force you into a situation of changing those bad habits or that bad attitude or having somebody look over your decisions and tell you that was a bad decision. 
And that's a terrifying thing for a lot of people because we get very comfortable in the order of ease, right? That comfort of simple default decision-making. And if you start to recognize the difference between successful or unsuccessful people as the difference between somebody who makes good decisions and bad decisions, and the difference between somebody who has good habits and somebody who has bad habits, then I think you're a lot more careful in how you make those decisions and how you wake up and you start to decide what you're going to be doing for the day and what your habits are. What are the systems that you have put in place that make your default mode one of good decision making, right? If my default is that I meal prep on Sundays so that when I come home Monday through Friday, every single day, I've got my dinner already laid out, already decided for me, then that takes away the decision for me to want to go and grab fast food. That takes away the possibility of me needing to go to the grocery and buying cookies or buying ice cream. That is a system that sets you up for success. Same thing could go in the morning, right? You set your phone on airplane mode when you go to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, you don't turn your phone off of airplane mode before you've told your spouse, I love you. You've kissed them and told you why you're grateful for them. You've taken a second to read. You've taken a second to maybe listen to a podcast. You've taken a little bit of time to think creatively about where you are in life and how you want to improve that position or your family's position. And then after that, and only after that, you take your phone off airplane mode, right? That's a system. And it's a system that you can certainly break, but it's a lot better than just waking up with no systems in place, no habits. And what do you do? You roll over and you grab your cell phone and you turn it right onto Instagram or Facebook, or you check your email right away. First thing of the day. You haven't done anything positive yet with your day and already you're caught in that meaningless hustle and bustle of social media because you don't have a system in place to take that decision away. And that's what we have to think about. And when I think about sometimes I feel so sad for people that are kind of stuck, right? They're stuck in a job that maybe doesn't challenge them. There's no chaos in their life, right? So you think about somebody like a, a toll booth clerk, right? There's no chaos in that. Just people come through, they give you a dollar, you put the dollar in the thing, you raise the gate. You do that ad nauseum over and over and over again. Well, unfortunately, unless that person in their social lives or in their private lives is going to be actively inviting new experiences and new chaos, they're going to be traveling to far and distant places. They're going to be signing up for new things. They're going to try things like surfing and paddleboarding and skydiving. They're going to go in and invite friends to come over and you know play new games or socialize in different ways. Without that chaos they're going to be completely unfulfilled. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so our society has this like on-running joke about men, typically, having their midlife crisis, right? I think women have them too. I think it's just a little bit different. But let's just take the quintessential stereotype 
of a man who has a midlife crisis? Well, let's think about that, right? Typically why they have that, what a midlife crisis is, is it's going out of your way to intentionally invite chaos in a series of decisions that all bring that chaos into your environment. You have to shake up the order that you're so used to. You go to your job, you come home, you watch TV, you go to bed. And it's just these default decisions, right? There's no systems in place for growth. There's no systems in place for development. The vacations you take are to places that you've been before, that you're comfortable going in. You know where you're going. They all have cell phone service, right? You're never stuck in a country or a place that you don't know anything about where you have to maybe read a map. There's no cell service. You're back in the 90s, right? And trust me, people traveled and did things all the time before that. And that's kind of what I think about now when I schedule vacations or when I think about how my weeks go by. If I have a week that was stuck inside of decisions or anything that I feel constantly comfortable in, there's no unease, there's no nervousness, there's no uncertainty, that is a week that I didn't necessarily grow. And that's how I think about that now. If I don't have a week where I don't look at my systems and challenge myself to make them better, then that's probably a week I didn't grow. And for me, the lack of growth or waking up and having that lack of growth or that feeling of lack of growth, that's what drives and motivates me is I don't want to be a person who's stuck. I don't want to be a person who lets 10 years go by and all the time I feel like I'm digressing in my fulfillment. That leads people to feel like their being is not as worthwhile. It's not as exciting. And this has major health implications. It's going to wear off on your relationships and it's going to start to lead you down a dark path and it's going to maybe scare the people around you. It's going to scare your friends and family because when you're not used to having any chaos in your life and then all of a sudden you kind of flip a switch and you have this midlife crisis and all of a sudden you have all this chaos and you go out of your way to find it and invite it in and it's going to scare the people around you because they think that you are not prepared to take on that challenge because you're probably not. If you haven't made that a system, if you haven't made that something that you're doing, that you're going out of your way to do, then you probably don't have that experience. You probably are unprepared for that chaos. Now, I look at a midlife crisis as a good thing. Change it up. Shake it up. Invite that chaos in your life, right? Get the new car. Feel alive again. Do whatever you have to do. But I think those are the things that we have to be able to communicate with our spouse, with the people around us. Look, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like we're not changing. I feel like, I always tell people all the time, I feel like I'm going to the same party year after year all the time. And those are the things that scare the shit out of me. Like I don't want, I would so much rather live a life that's maybe shorter, but more fulfilled, more dangerous, more challenged, more chaos and be in that mode where I'm constantly faced with challenges. And when I really think about it now, this is why I think I fell in love with CrossFit, with health and fitness and nutrition. And CrossFit specifically, more so than other 
forms of health and fitness, which there's thousands, right? But the thing that I love about CrossFit is there is about 150 movements that you need to constantly be working at getting better at. And just as soon as you get your double unders, you might have a couple bad days with squat snatches. And just as soon as you get squat snatches, you might get faced with a sled push and sandbag carry workout that rocks your world. And just as soon as you master the sled, which I don't think is possible, by the way, just as soon as you master the sled, maybe you give a couple airdyne sprints a trial and it takes you for a ride. I also love it because it makes you go out of your way to start improvising with some life changes and some habit changes that are going to make those things feel better, right? So think about it as we work on our nutrition and we work on our sleep, we work on our stress management so that we can not feel like crap when we do thrusters and sled pushes, right? That's always the way that I kind of thought about it. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other health reasons, a lot of other things that we can start to eat healthy for and we can hydrate for and we can do those things. And those are all plentiful. But for me, the reason that I like the challenge and the chaos of CrossFit, it's different every day. It challenges me still after 12 years or 10 years of doing this really in a full-time capacity. It's constantly challenging me. It's constantly taking me out of my comfort zone. It makes me nervous. It still makes me nervous. Like, that's so cool. Think about something you've done every day for a decade, and it still makes you nervous. I mean, you cannot think about something that really makes you feel that way. The first time I went out and I changed the guard and I did my first walk out in front of people at the tomb, that's probably the most nervous I ever was. Maybe that or when I laid the wreath for President Obama. Those were just terrifying. Like, I was so nervous. It's that like pukey nervous and you're like trembling. You have the cold sweats, Um, you know, but those are two of the most meaningful experiences in my life. And so many people shied away from even trying to be a tomb guard. They didn't even want to test the experience of it because they were afraid of that nervousness or they were afraid that they might fail. But those nervous moments are the ones that make things worthwhile, right? When you go out onto you know, the regional floor and you have a workout that you know that you're going to do well at and you know it's going to hurt and you know you're going to be in front of all these people, but then you accomplish it. You go out and you perform and you do well and you, are, you prove to yourself that you are capable of conquering those challenges. And all that does is make you a stronger, more confident type of person. And that's where we need to think about how we want to kind of continue to pursue CrossFit or health and fitness or relationships or habits and decisions. And I think that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. So our homework for today is to, I want you guys to think about writing down the last decision that you made that invited some chaos into your life, right? And it's okay if it's been a while. It doesn't matter. Don't be afraid of that. But think about what it is that invited maybe some uncertainty or maybe scared you a little bit or took you out of your comfort zone. What was the decision you made? And did that decision pay off? 
Was it something that you looked at six months later and you were like, God, I'm so glad I did that. That was one of the best decisions I ever made. It tangibly made me a happier person, right? And if it did, that's awesome, right? I want you to think about why you made that decision then. What prompted you to go out of your comfort zone to make that decision? And then channel that and start thinking about what can the next challenge that I take on be, right? It might be, you know, some of you guys are signed up for the master's challenge. It might be doing the whole life challenge and fixing your nutrition or starting to work on your habits. It might be working on your mobility for the first time. Now, those are simple ones that we know, right? But it also might be looking at your vacations for the next year and switching, you know, going to Hilton Head Islands, which you've been to 16 times. And maybe instead you go to Costa Rica, right? Or maybe instead you go to Punta Cana, both of which, by the way, are awesome vacations. You guys should totally do it. And Southwest flies there pretty simply now. But we could look also at our work life or at our relationship life and think about maybe something that you did that was out of the norm, right? When's the last time that you just scheduled a totally spontaneous date night or you went out of your way to stay in a hotel instead of stay at home? There are some things that you can do that are just a little bit different that make a massive difference, right? And then lastly, I want you guys to think about when's the last time you changed a system to take you out of default mode? When did you actually look at your morning routine as a system? When's the last time you looked at your evening routine as a system or your nutrition as a system? And do you audit those? Do you go through those systems to see how they could be better? So a good example of that is that I used to put my phone on airplane mode and I would do that. I would wake up, I would read, I would focus and pay attention to Maria. I would tell her why I love her. I would spend some time on personal development every morning for roughly an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. And that was a very fulfilling time for me. What I did today, though, is I did not have my phone on airplane mode, and I have not been putting my phone on airplane mode. Well, I still have the habit. I still woke up, and I still started to read, but my phone was face up. And sure enough, here come the dings, here come the text messages, here come the Instagram tags and the emails and all the stuff. And as soon as I picked up my phone once, my mind went away from the thought process and the train of thought that I wanted it on. Even as I'm doing this podcast right now, there's a little nine on the bottom of my Mac computer looking at the messages. And I know that I have nine text messages waiting for me since I started recording this. That distracts me. That probably has made this podcast worse. And that has probably made me have to pause and rethink my thought process more and more. Well, just for Tom and everybody who loves Charlotte, that was a nice little Charlotte interlude. She went and jumped on our TV in the next room over and knocked it over. And uh, thank God, I don't think broke it, but we'll see. So that was a nice loud crash and boom in the background. But Anyway, that's what I was saying is those distractions, right? They break our natural habit and the time that we can set aside for our own development or our own systems. And think about how powerful that can be, right? For those of you guys watching Hard Knocks, you might have seen uh, Carl Nassib 
educating the defensive line, the young guys, these these young millionaires and stud athletes and just confident guys. But he's educating them on the fact that if you spend two hours a day on social media, that means that at the end of the year, you spend one month, one month of every single year sitting on social media. And think about how powerful that time could be for your own development or putting an entire new system in place that would do something incredible for you. The amount of side hustle that you could create with two hours a day with one full month of your extra time, right? And if we look at the averages, two hours on social media is actually below the average for millennials. It's crazy to think about. And you guys can go into your phone and you can see how much time you spent. Calculate that over a month. Calculate it over a year, right? I don't spend that much time on social media. At least I don't feel like I do. And I looked this week and it still works out to a little over an hour and 45 minutes this week, right? If we think about that, that ends up being about a week over the entire year. That's one full week of work or of development or of something that I could create that would maybe help somebody or that would maybe help our business develop or help my team develop or help me develop or help my relationship develop. There's so much that can be done with that time, but I have a bad system put in place in the evening, in the morning, in the afternoon. I have to hone that stuff in. And I'm so thankful that Maria and I have this new house, which is actually Because that has forced us to sit and talk more. There's no electronics set up, right? We have stuff to do. We have to paint. We have to spend time together in silence sometimes, right? And we have to kind of think about how can we map a plan to make this place build better habits for us, right? So if we focus more on our reading station, which both of us like to wake up and drink coffee and read, and now we get to do it with sunlight. If we focus on that being the central point of our house, then our systems are set up to allow us to achieve that better. We decided to get an eight-person kitchen table. We got patio furniture for a dozen people because we want to spend more time with the people that we love, with our friends and our family, and the people who have already helped us build this house and develop some of those things, we want to be able to spend more time with them, right? We don't want to organize everything around our TV and try to make sure that we are centralized around distractors or things that'll help break that system. So those are just some things that I'm thinking about. I'm kind of auditing, and this is a nice transition point for me to kind of sit back and think about what are the habits that are actually important to me? How is the setup of my office or the setup of our house, how is that supporting that or how is that hurting that? How can I change things now during this transition time to reestablish good habits that I know will make me successful? And then now I'm just becoming obsessed with this concept of decision fatigue. Amanda sent me that article and I've read it twice now and I've listened to different thoughts and I've heard different opinions And the more I think about it and the more I allow myself to kind of free thought and articulate kind of my my breakdown of it, the more obsessed I become with 
not allowing myself to waste time on decisions that just don't matter. It, trying to automate as much as I can, trying to focus on my morning being for creative time. That creative time to me is going to certainly lead to success, in my opinion. All of my time that I have spent to allow myself to think freely, to understand exactly what I want, to know my goals and my vision for the future, all of that stuff has led me to a happier place, has led me to a better place. So the more time that I can devote to that every day, then in my opinion, the more powerful and the more successful and the more confident I will become. So as you guys are thinking about the chaos you've brought into your life and thinking about how in the future you might be able to invite some chaos, think about how you audit your habits and how you audit your systems. And how often do you dedicate time to really looking at those things? Or are you constantly in default mode? Is this just stuff that you don't think about? Is this stuff you don't ever spend any time caring about or worrying about? Are you just taking every default action that comes your way and just slowly making one small decision at a time without the thought process of how that fits into the bigger picture? And it's hugely important to make sure that you understand your bigger picture and why you do things. Because if you don't understand the purpose, you will not have the conviction in the short-term decision-making process or in the short-term habits. So if we think about losing weight as an example, let's say you want to lose 100 pounds, okay? So you decide I'm going to make the decision to make working out and eating healthy a habit. So I wake up and I go and I work out. And after the workout, I eat a healthy meal. And then I run into the bathroom and I weigh myself and I look in the mirror and there's no change. It's the same number on the scale. I look the exact same as I did before the workout. Well, if you're not truly convicted in your belief that eating healthy and exercising is the only way to lose weight, to look better, to feel better, then that habit is not going to stick because the immediate gratification is just not there. So you need to be able to take the time to think about, is this actually what I want to do? Is this something that I'm convicted and believe in? And then what are the small day-to-day -day habits, day-to-day -day goals, day-to-day -day decisions that I need to put in place to help me accomplish that goal. Because there is literally not one example of something that is meaningful in your life that you can make the decision for tomorrow and then you can accomplish it 100% tomorrow. Everything that has success or failure or anything that is worthwhile is going to take time and it's gonna take conviction, it's gonna take belief, it's gonna take habit change, it's gonna take development. But you have to take the time, you have to sit and have some alone time with your thoughts. You have to maybe read or listen to podcasts and write down what your thought is from that article or podcast or book or whatever, because that's going to help guide your vision for where you want to go in the future. So I hope that that kind of opened you guys' eyes a little bit, both to chaos and order and how we look at those things. Don't be afraid of chaos, right? The, the more chaos you invite, the more success you have in defeating that chaos and creating order through that chaos, right? By the time I was 
done at the tomb, you go from that nervous chaos, the unknown, to confident excitement, right? It's earned confidence, and it's an amazing feeling. So I hope you guys have a great day, a great week, and I'm excited to get back into podcasting and my new podcasting setup. Uh, If you guys notice a difference in how it sounds from now until I'm done with my room, that'll probably help keep me motivated to continue to work on my office. And, uh, And I hope to have a couple fun guests on as the first guests with my new guest station. So keep working on getting it all set up for you guys, and thanks so much for listening. Bye.